0: Hello, this is Aaron Wren, Contributing Editor at City Journal, and I'm pleased to be joined today by freelance journalist Oriana Schwent. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you for being here. You are my new hero, and the reason is (laughs) uh, that you wrote an article, uh, it was actually in New York Magazine, called The Unbearable Sameness of Cities that hit all of the themes that I've been pounding for so long and did it in just such a great way. And the article went viral. Uh, but before we talk about your article, it came out of a very interesting travel journey that you did when you went to all 50 states. So tell me about what you did first and, and, and kind of how this project came about.
1: Yeah, this, the New York Magazine piece was sort of the apotheosis of a journey I started last mm, end of April – was when I went to the first stop on this trip. I decided to go to the cities and towns closest to the geographic center of each state and write, you know, talk to as many people as I could in each place and write a sort of profile of each place. Sort of, you know, how Sufjan Stevens was supposed to do an album based Mm -hmm. on each state. Uh, I wanted to do a a nice big long profile of each state, uh, of of the center of each state. Uh, and I, I, feel, I kind of failed in writing, like, really nice, long, big, in-depth profiles simply because I didn't quite have the time. But I went uh, over the course of seven months to these cities and towns. Uh, it, I hit every single state, including Alaska and Hawaii. And, you know, just kind of – the project just kind of – I, I wrote all of the pieces because I had – people backing me on Patreon and they got to read all the stories. I put some up online to sort of bring people in but it was only an audience of about uh, anywhere from 90 to 100 people. I had a budget of about 900 bucks a month to do this. I stayed in in each city for three nights. uh, Thereabouts there were a couple that were more, a couple that were less because of safety reasons and I just no one cared. Yeah, Yeah, there were there were some there were some problems I didn't quite (laughs) expect. I thought it was you know it's twenty it was twenty seventeen. I thought a lone, small kind of dark complected woman could go around alone and it would be fine, and it wasn't. Um, Hmm. But yeah, and then you know a few. A couple months ago, a New York Magazine editor on Twitter had, was having a conversation with someone about the sameness of cities. And she you know, sort of put out a call, was like, "I, I couldn't someone write about this? I was like, you know what? <laughs> I actually can. I have experienced this firsthand in many, many cities. Uh, you know, so something did come out of it, interestingly enough.
0: So what is it that is the same in all of these cities that you go to. What were some of the things that you just noticed? These are just the same.
1: Well, so one of the things, you know, I went to a lot of coffee shops uh, because I needed a place with Wi-Fi. I didn't have a home for seven months. I needed a place to write. And I was often often staying with strangers that I had been connected to on the Couchsurfing app or through friends of friends of cousins of friends. And I didn't want to stick around their house <laughs> and and be rude. So I would go out and find people to talk to and go to these coffee shops. Or I would try and take my hosts to a restaurant of their choice and, uh, to thank them. And uh, I noticed that a lot of these places were very similar. Despite every city is unique. A, I'm not trying to say that every city is exactly the same. But there are elements of sameness, like a lot of these coffee shops. And most of the time I was choosing it random. It was, oh, there's a place with Wi-Fi. Because while some of the cities I went to were very large, like Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio, a lot of them were either mid-sized or below population of 50,000. And so I didn't have that many options. And that was what was really interesting, was in these cities where there weren't a whole lot of options, these coffee shops, these sort of gastropubs pubs or brew pubs felt – they all felt very similar to one another and to places that I have been in Astoria where I lived for nine of the ten years that I've lived here or Brooklyn where I lived for a year or, you know, all of the places that I have been throughout my tenure here. And so that the, – the, there are different elements of sameness. Like the coffee shops you see a lot of uh, – you know, the the dark wood and the k- kooky lighting and the coffee
0: culture. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Ikea lights.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they may not have actually been from Ikea in every place, but they look ex- very, very close to the ones that you see and you all look at them and you go, oh man, that looks like really cool. It looks like a flower or an exploding geode or something. And it's totally not. Don't, don't get them.
0: <laughs> well, what the gets me, is all those like Edison bulb things. Yes, you see they're those everywhere. Two. Every, those every, two, uh,
1: the, every... the, the beast, the sort of American bistro, <laughs> gastropub type places that, that have the, it's steampunk by, steampunk by way of West Elm is, right. is the, <laughs> the, the, that's a that's, great way to put it. That's, there's exactly only three or four different
0: kinds of chairs that they buy, too.
1: Oh yeah. That's and, 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 you, tell, and you
0: tell it's a deliberate branding yeah. to, to pick the chair you're going to recognize.
1: Yep. That the wood and the metal is <laughs> is very there's that 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 particular type of that dark wood and the sort of rusty dark gray metal. Uh, in those chairs and the tables, the communal style seating. And again, like this it's not that this is a new thing. I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm pointing out anything that's new. It's just I happen to notice and someone happened to want me to write about it.
0: People always talk about the bland conformity of the suburbs. It's endless strip malls with which the same chains. Which is true. Which is true. I think mean, you highlight an important thing is a lot of these cities now have very very similar feels to them. Uh, and again, they're almost they may not technically be chains, but they might as well be chains right. in terms of they're almost using the same architectural styles. You talked about barbecue restaurants, for example, where it's all have the exact same lacquered tables and you have to order at the at the counter and then they give it to you in the wax paper and
1: that pickle and but it's it's not quite the same if if you go to a place and this makes me sound like a terrible Snob of sorts, but if you go to an actual roadside barbecue joint in nowhere Texas, which <laughs> I did, uh, and it was very tasty, but it's 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 not the same. You know, they're going out and they they're doing the the whole hog in the pit uh, for twelve hours and digging it out, and that's not quite what's happening in most of these sort of upscale barbecue joints. And it doesn't mean the food is not good. But it's it's a facsimile of of
0: the authentic hog, right. let's right. say. Yeah, and now it's it's almost like uh, you, you made this point. Brooklyn's almost imitating itself. Yeah. In a sense, it's just a self replicating thing it's that's true. going. It's true. Last weekend, I was at a, a barbecue place down at Red Hook and and in, in Brooklyn. I went there and I'm like, I am inhabiting the the interior of your story in that magazine. You this this article got a lot of response. I put it on my own personal site and it just went crazy. Tons of comments, tons of of face, hundreds of Facebook shares. You, you oh were getting God. it was going it was going it was going crazy. <laughs> I, I looked like it did on 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 the magazine site too. What kind of response did you get to this?
1: I mean, it was mostly really positive. It was mostly which was really nice because Uh, you know I've been a working journalist since I was about 18 years old and so but most of the time people don't pay attention to the things that I write and so for people to pay attention to a piece that I was actually it's the only piece I've ever been paid to write that I was actually really proud of after publication. Like I could stand to read it after publication (laughs) um, and actually thought that it was pretty good. Uh, And so most people were really positive about it. It definitely struck a nerve. There were definitely some people who thought that I was uh, kind of crapping on their, their city, you know, crapping on cities smaller than New York and people who were saying that, you know, New York didn't invent hipster culture, which is not wrong, but it's also, the people I would talk to the proprietors of these places sometimes and they would tell me in some cases that they were going very much going after the Brooklyn Mm -hmm. Silver Lake in LA sort of aesthetic uh and you know so I'm I'm sorry to all the people who thought Mm -hmm. that that I was saying their cities were unbearable and all the same your city is unique I promise but Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of elements in it that feel very similar to other cities and that's just how it works. It's also, I'm taking a much broader view. Most people don't go to every state. You know, it's it's a sort of uh, bucket list thing for right. a lot of people. But uh, most people don't see, they go to maybe a few cities a year. A few cities a year. They go to the cities that I actually didn't go to. You know, I didn't go to San Francisco or, uh, Se- you know, it, I stopped in Seattle because I had to change trains. But the, most of the places I went were not really tourist destinations uh and so but these places are there nonetheless and they all feel quite similar
0: you know what i always say is while every company tries its hardest to convince you of how much different and better it is than every other company in its industry every city tries its hardest to convince Mm -hmm. you that it is exactly the same as every other city that's conventionally considered cool. <laughs> and I saw some people like Pushik. Like, you didn't talk about what was unique about our city. But I'm like, look at your own marketing materials. Go watch any video. It's interesting that you just stumbled into these places. Yeah. But if you went and on YouTube or went online and look for the marketing materials that these cities put together, they are all highlighting these very places yep. to which you went. They're not highlighting the traditional, you know, working class or whatever it is that they have there. And I really find that as you hit you hit the nail on the head that so many people are not especially well traveled. Uh, when it comes to other cities like them, so they they look at their city now and they look at their city 15 years ago and they're like, oh my gosh, we are now it. Mm-hmm. We are a thousand times better than we used to be. Look at all the great coffee. And you can go anywhere in America now and get. Like world class coffee and beer, great beer, great yep. microbrews. I mean, I've had so much great ice cream. So many. Oh yeah. It's like you don't need to be in New York from that now. But on the other hand, they don't necessarily recognize that what they have is the same thing that everybody else has. Right. They're not the only place that has microbreweries now. And
1: it's and it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like some people came away from the piece thinking that I think that that's wrong or bad. And I, I don't necessarily think that it's bad or wrong. It's just the way things are. And you, again, if 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 you are, if you happen to notice these things, it can, you know, it, the hairs on your neck kind of stand up once you've seen it for the 30th time. Yeah. And, you know, but that's a me problem, not necessarily a problem yeah. for the city. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think it, it is a problem a little bit in that, There's nothing wrong with, like, copying a good idea. So, like, bike lanes became popular. Everybody's got bike lanes. Well, that's great. I'm glad everybody has bike lanes now. But if all you have is is copies of other good ideas and you don't have anything that's sort of original to yourself or you don't play up or make the things that are original to yourself discoverable, then that sort of is a problem to me because you really do want to be – you know just like people like cities are all unique and so they have to display that uniqueness if all we do is try too hard to fit in with what's fashionable now right. we don't think that's great in a person so I don't, I don't know that it's great in a city either and your experience was so important because it represents here's an outsider coming into this place and what do you see when you come here and it's very rare that cities really get that honest, candid feedback about what a visitor thinks, because generally speaking, you know it's somebody that came for a convention. Oh, what do you think right. of our city? Of course, you're going to say something right. nice. Yeah. You went to all these cities. You didn't pick on any particular one. So you're able to make general comments about what you found that will hopefully cause them to maybe take stock and say, "Wow, how are we selling ourselves?" And what are the people when the when people from New York come to our city, what do they really see and think? I think you really nailed it because that's what I see when I go to these places.
1: Right. And I, I you know, I it's it's strange to you talk about originality and how cities can sort of miss what what I think there's a good Anthony Bourdain quote about you know cities not realizing what makes them cool, and that's that's true. But at the same time, there's also there are some uh, elements of cities that are original that are not awesome. <laughs> 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 like you know there what was it? There's a food there's a food stuff in sort of uh, central southern Illinois. I th- it might even just be a Springfield thing called the horseshoe, and it's like you know Texas toast on top of French fries on th- with gravy <laughs> and all sorts of things, and like. I, I ate half of one and it's just it's so starchy and <laughs> heavy and it was it kept me going from my drive from Springfield to uh uh where the middle of Wisconsin around Marshfield Stevens Point sort of uh, and that was that was good that it kept me going but it's also not necessarily something I'm going to single out in a positive way no. I you
0: know I love that stuff yeah I, I mean it's
1: know. it's great but it again it's it, it's not necessarily something I'm going to single out. Also, in a piece about the sameness of cities, it's weird to talk about what things make them or, original. Yeah. To you yeah. know, to to sort of go into that in great detail.
0: Well, I thought it was a great piece, so I, I had to invite you in. Thanks for coming, uh, Oriana Schmidt. The the piece is called "The Unbearable Sameness of Cities." And if people want to, like, follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle?
1: Uh, it's at Schwinter, S-C-H-W-I-N-D-T-E-R. Well, there Please you ha- don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Thank you very much for coming in, and good luck with your future, uh, future projects. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.